welcome to Knock On Podcast, where we bring you archery information and education that you can trust. Knock On was created as a way to bring all archers together, regardless of the brand you choose or the style of archery you shoot. Knock On Podcasting will deliver professional insights to the latest gear, proper shooting technique, along with high-level equipment setup and tuning. Welcome back to another knock on podcast and well once again I have to say sorry for taking some time between these podcasts but obviously um, summer was winding to a close little dud and Sharon were definitely craving some family time and I was definitely ready to take a little break there Uh, finished up the season five on the sportsman's channel for the show and the weather was awesome and i was in the process of trying to do my best to rehab the shoulder so to be perfectly honest with you i just needed a break and it was a pretty a pretty dang chilled august and then once again had to start getting ready for hunting season so probably gonna have to cough today uh, I've been doing a lot of training, getting ready for elk season and some pretty demanding hunts that I've got coming up. So I don't know what it is, but it seems like the more I work on cardio, the more I always have to cough stuff up. So if I do that, sorry, and uh, you'll just have to deal with it. But it's been a, a really cool last couple months here at the Dudley Archery range I guess Um, I've probably done more tinkering and shooting really this year than I've done in a lot of years simply because each and every month as my shoulder gets better um, I continually have to change I don't have to but I've been changing my equipment And, you know, if I go back to the springtime when I had to shoot a left-handed bow with the mouth tab and uh, with a lot lower poundage, you know, obviously I had to learn how to shoot that way and had to learn how to set up a bow that way and, and then find arrows that really went well with that kind of poundage. And then now, um... I guess about a month ago I decided to go back to shooting with both arms again Um, and I started out at about 40 pounds uh, shot a lot Um, I could only shoot about 20 arrows a day at the most I still have a lot of pain directly on my shoulder socket when I'm about at half draw it really starts to drive pain into that socket and from what I've been told, there's just so much scarring inside there um, because of where that blowout happened. Um, there's just a lot of scarring in that exact area. So when my when my knuckle pushes back on that scarring, it's when it's given me the pain. So I was really only able to shoot about uh, 20 arrows, I guess, uh, before I just you know, it almost started to feel like it was starting to give way again. So that's about as far as I would push it. Overall, strength-wise and just overall fitness, um, I'm doing really good. I've been super passionate about my physical therapy and 
um, going to the gym and uh, doing all my fitness stuff. I'm I think I think I'm probably stronger on my left side than I've ever been. Um, I know that when I lift and stuff now, I actually feel like my left arm is the better arm of the two. Um, but when it comes to pulling my bow back, that's when I'm reminded that there's still a problem in there, or at least there's still stuff to work on in there. So, um, I got up to about 54 pounds. I went to, uh, Alberta for the opening week of hunting season. So I was a little bit concerned with whether or not I'd have a good penetration and stuff like that, um, at 54 pounds, but definitely had no issues at all. You know, I tried several arrows once I got into that 50 pound range, you know, it's a completely new learning curve. And, you know, this is something that I think for people who maybe have gone a few years without updating their equipment and then they go out and buy a new bow or or even if they decide to shoot a little bit heavier poundage because the bows are easier to pull now or you know if you go to a more aggressive cam you know say you've always shot a standard cam and now you've decided to go to like a speed cam or a turbo or something you know every time you make those jumps you're making changes in your equipment that you really need to make adjustments for on the arrow side as well and you know I can tell you my hunting bows were shooting good but they weren't shooting great until I really started playing around and I I had to to mess around with I actually tried um, 340s and 400 spines I actually tried a few that were a little bit weaker than that uh, but played around as well a lot with insert weights and point weights, fletchings, and what I've settled on, um, or what I did settle on for the, at least that Alberta trip, was an ACC 360 with a four-fletch of the AAE Pro Max vein. And the reason I did this was really just because of how it was shooting and grouping. Um, the arrow was built with a rage hypodermic on the front and then the nocturnal lighted knock on the back. And for whatever reason, um, it just really, really liked that combination. The arrow flight was spectacular. Um, there's I put out a couple YouTube videos that you could watch if you wanted to see some of the results from those tuning sessions you can go to the knock on archery youtube page and see some of those videos i'll probably start doing a lot more um, just general backyard phone recordings of some of my practice sessions or at least some of the different things that i'm tinkering with just so that you can be a little bit more involved with that um but, you know, my decision to settle on that four-fletch really came after a lot of trial and error with different other veins as well. And, you know, I think for me, the major reason why I'm finding um, that I like that setup is simply because of clearance. 
you know, here over the last several years, um, the bows have continued to bring the cable guard closer in towards the string or into the center of the bow just to reduce the amount of torque on the riser, you know, and on the new Hoyts you have the zero torque uh, roller system, cable system, and then you know, even on the Bowtex, they have the same thing, and you know, there's other bows too where the where the cable guard system flexes in, and I just think because of that, um, if you're shooting a really big, high-profile vein right now, there you run into the opportunity to have some contact, and the same goes with even some of the containment rests that are out there. You know, I shoot a trophy taker. Um, knockdown pro which is actually um, it's a version of the smackdown pro rest uh, but it's in the knock on green and it has a slightly different uh, launcher system but it's a fully contained rest all the time um, you know your arrow is always in a capture containment so I think with a lot of the containment systems that are out there right now just some of the more natural and, and standardized profile of veins are having zero clearance issues because all it takes is for you to slightly have a little bit of hand torque or you know a little bit of front hand pressure variance and if you're twisting your bow at all and your and your arrows are going through some type of a containment system or if your cable guards are flexing in towards the bow you have a little bit greater chance of having some contact there so that's why I think the the lower profile veins which I, is why I really got along well with the the 260 elite veins as well um, but when I do shoot those veins I actually shoot the cock vein out so that I have the best clearance towards the inside of the riser and this has really helped several friends of mine um, who have had some issues with left tears that they weren't able to get rid of um, or for people that just have the occasional arrow that just looks like it really flies like crap down to the target um, that is kind of an indicator that you might be having a little bit of vein contact every now and then on your riser so be sure to index your knocks turn your knocks so that your veins are always pointing the same exact direction and that'll really help you eliminate having that one or two arrows in your whole quiver that might fly like crap because it's just barely contacting something as you shoot through the bow. So I've been shooting, again, my cock vein out, and I've been having really good success. And with that four-fletch, obviously, you know, that's almost set up the exact same way. It's, you know, the, the, way, the, the way the veins are laid, you have great clearance, pretty much 360 degrees around the arrow so um, that's been working really really well for me um, yesterday I actually decided to set up a carbon spider ZT it's actually the bow that I did the knocked and ready to rock segment on the TV show last year um, however I got the riser dipped in a in a Ridge Reaper pattern um, but that bow's right now set at about 62 pounds. And I'm having unbelievable results with it. Um, I thought my Nitrum 34 shot 
good, which it shot great. But yesterday, I was actually for anyone, for anyone here in Iowa that drives down Highway 92 uh, for about an hour and a half yesterday, you probably saw me standing up next to the highway, and I was shooting all the way down to the creek behind my house. So I I stood and shot at 130 yards for probably a good hour and a half yesterday and it was unbelievable how this bow shot um you know I can shoot about two arrows at a time and then I walk down and pull and come back it really helps my shoulder if I only shoot a few arrows you know even sometimes shooting one arrow and then going and pulling it's really helping me not you know shoot too much I guess or put too much on my shoulder at a time but I did cross the 60 pound threshold yesterday which is big news for me because um, I do want to I do want to stay 60 pounds Um, I think 60 pounds is a really good weight and I can tell you that I'm shooting my draw length is 30 and a half inches shooting a spider carbon spider 34 and the arrow that I have built is an ACC I believe it's cut at 28 and a half inches I've got my um, knockdown pro rest all the way back so my arrow shafts at 28 and a half inches from the end of the knock to the cut point I'm shooting a standard insert which is actually something that I haven't really done a whole lot of for several years I'm normally shooting a fully loaded front end but I'm shooting a standard point with um, 100 grain rage hypodermic and I can tell you that my arrow flight is the best possibly the best I've ever seen um, you know I might have a little a little bit of it might be coming off the rest slightly high right out of the bow but within within four yards or five yards it's completely cleared up and it's just a green laser beam going to the target um, so I'll probably do a video or two just showing you some of the results from that setup but just to give you a rundown of my whole bow build right now because it doesn't matter how many times I make a post about what I'm shooting as soon as I post anything regarding groups one of the first questions is you know how's your bow setup what's your bow setup look like so I might as well say it again so I'm shooting um, right at about 61 pounds I think out of a 34 inch carbon spider ZT Um, I've got the knockdown pro rest which you can get off the knockonarchery.com website Um, there's a limited number it's pretty much a limited edition item so I'm shooting that with the brand new uh, Sherlock slider sight which is really awesome I probably need to show you guys this it's really cool Um, then for my hunts I'm using the fuse playback stabilizer um, and I've got winner's choice strings and cables on there pretty much standards to put those on every single bow I ever have ever built probably in the last decade um, and then I've got, uh, let me think here. I've got the, the ACC 360 cut at 28 and a half inches with, a um, custom arrow wraps 
uh, four inch vinyl cresting rolled on the back, and then I'm shooting a four inch or a four fletch AAE Pro Max uh, vein. And the one thing on the AAE uh, Max veins, um, there were there was a slight little time there where some people had some adhesion issues. Um, so if you're ever having a problem with that with any vein. I might as well just say it because it's I've had the same issue in the past with flex fletch veins or bonings or you know dura veins um, at times uh, some companies either have something some type of a chemical or something in the molds or there's not an activator applied correctly so if you're ever having the point where you, you know I always stick some veins if I have a new pack of veins I stick them on the arrow build one arrow let it dry good and then go ahead and kind of pull on those and see how they're sticking if they pop off right away then you might as well just have it set in your mind that you need to just get some acetone and clean the base of every single vein and then also even give a quick wipe on your vinyl because some of the different vinyls and some of the inks for certain colors of vinyl i've noticed um, have kind of played into the adhesion problems um, so even giving those a little quick wipe down can really help now AAE makes um, it looks like a pack of baby wipes but it's actually cleaning wipes um, and I got a pack of these probably two or three months ago and it works awesome one wipe will be enough for you to clean all the veins and do your dozen arrow shafts as well um, but it works really good. And then also, I got a pen from Easton. Um, it's like a little, looks like a, it looks like a, a paint marker, but it's actually filled with cleaner. So you kind of push down on it and you fill up the felt tip. And then, you know, as you're, you can literally wipe the base of your vein or the spot on your arrow shaft. Uh, works super awesome. Uh, just for general cleaning of anything really I used it um, actually used that pen yesterday when I when I stuck a little I, I always use a little bitty mini limb saver down on my limb for a, for a limb driven type cable cord for my rest and I always have to clean the limb really good before I stick that on I used that pen yesterday and it worked great so uh, that's pretty much my setup. Other than that, I'm shooting uh, nocturnal lighted knocks, and they are working super, super awesome. Had great, great luck, and can't be happier with that as well. So, um, I guess one big announcement I do want to to give here, and I probably should have said it a little bit sooner in the podcast, just in case someone's got bored and bailed out already, but. Um, Season 5 of Knock On TV, um, I just made available for free at knockontv.com, but also on the Knock On Archery YouTube site, uh, or YouTube channel. And to go along with that, the bow build that we did this year on the show, the Knocked and Ready to Rock segment, um, that was brought to you by Lancaster Archery. I've decided, um, I probably had just 
guessing, I bet I had a thousand people request a DVD for the Knocked and Ready to Rock segment showing you the bow build. Um, but I did decide to go ahead and break the Knocked and Ready to Rock segment up into 13 segments, which is available on the Knock on Archer YouTube site for free. So instead of the DVD, I went ahead and threw that out there free of charge. Um, and a lot of people actually wanted to kind of buy that put their name on a DVD and utilize it, but um, I would really like this to circulate, uh, mainly because I think it's really good basic knowledge for people, um, shows you how to build your own bow the right way and safely, so I would really, really like this to get out there. Um, what I would really ask all of you listeners is a couple things, if you could do me a favor. One would be um, you know, please share, you could always copy a link or share, um, the link to one of the knocked and ready to rock segments, or also one of the episodes for season five or the knock on tv.com webpage. But when you do so, just let people know that it is, um, totally free. Um, it's something that, that, you know, I think is important. And then the one thing that I would really like people to do is to actually click the subscribe button on the Knock On Archery YouTube channel. Um, you don't, there's times where I do make some videos that are available only to the subscribers, which subs, to be a subscriber to the channel, it's free. So all you have to do is click it but it also gives you updates when I load new videos and I think this is important so if you share this which I would really appreciate it if you shared it in your social sites or whatever just let people know that they just have to um, if they click the subscribe button it's totally free and then they'll be at least able to see videos especially stuff that I do here at the range and stuff like that they'll be able to see them without me having to tell them to go into a certain location or or go to the website to look at but um, the other thing too is you can go to the knockontv.com website uh, i've totally refaced that um, it's completely ready to go with five full seasons of tech segments um, stuff videos that we did here in the yard we're updating articles uh, it's going to be new images going on there. It's pretty much had a complete facelift. So um, I appreciate any of you out there that help share that because, again, this is something that I could easily decide to charge for. Um, and I could, I have a lot of people asking to build media avenues that are subscription based for people to come get this stuff, but I really elect to do it for free. Um, so I want to make sure that everyone out there supports that, helps me spread the word of that, because honestly, that is what keeps my main supporters to the show. And I know a lot of you out there get sick of advertising or, or things like that, you know, and I agree there is a lot of product 
getting jammed down your throat. Um, but I can tell you from my point of view, the products that I talk about are products 100% that I use and that I stand behind. And, um, you know, I think that the companies that I work with are great companies and they do a great job of supporting this whole project, um, which again is something that I want to continue to to try to be a free avenue of information. So uh, I can, I appreciate everybody out there who helps on that. Um, the next thing, I guess, while I'm talking about that quick um, or talking about the new site is there's I actually launched a couple new. Uh, shirts on the knockonarchery.com website and one of the shirts is a really cool shirt that says addicted to archery on the front and then on the back um, it's got a pretty cool robin hood of with the knock on knocks on the back of arrow shafts um, so that hashtag that's on the back of that shirt is hit knock bottom so what I want to do is I'm actually going to start um, right now, actually. We'll start it. I want to start a hashtag campaign to where if you hashtag, you know, this is something that I can easily monitor through Instagram. So on Instagram, um, if you don't have an account, you need to get one because that's where everything's going. But I pretty much post to Instagram and then sh and then link that it, it'll link right to your Facebook or Twitter account so it's easy to do it in one spot click on there where else you want it to share to and then it goes but um, for anyone out there who shoots a Robin Hood and takes you take a cool picture of your Robin Hood and hashtag hit knock bottom um, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna randomly check the social sites for the hashtag hit knock bottom and I'm gonna give out some really cool gear over this next year um, for people who come up with really cool and creative um, you know ha uh, pictures showing the hit knock bottom I, I think this could be a really cool um, archery hashtag that we start and I guess if you have the if you have the addicted to archery hit knock bottom t-shirt on in your picture that's definitely a, a super bonus point but uh, we've got occasionally I get products sent here to try out and sometimes I don't use it all or you know sometimes I you know might look at it take pictures of it and then from there um, I kinda wanna start using some of that stuff as prizes here and there so definitely get involved with that hit, hit knock bottom campaign I was actually um, shooting with a really good friend of mine this past weekend and he shot a Robin Hood so we went ahead and took a picture and I hashtag hit knock bottom uh, for that too on the Instagram account so if you don't have Instagram you're missing out that's where everything's going Facebook is starting to be a thing of the past that's why it's getting harder for me to be on there very much um, too much negative aura for my for my personal uh, liking so the next thing is um, I guess this time of year 
it's certainly the time for uh, mineral sites or, or getting your cameras out for all you hunters out there. Uh, I'm a little bit late this year on getting my cameras out. I actually haven't even really got anything out. Um, that's on my list of to do here is to, to go out and do this. So, um, I've been dinking around with a lot of different cameras over the, the past year. And honestly, um, last year I tried several and, um, I think what I'm going to do from here on out is I'm going to go with, uh, I've had some really good luck with some stealth cams. The price is probably, uh, as competitive as you can come by, but, um, just super easy to operate. And the other thing too, I can tell you, which I really liked, this sounds super simple and dumb, but, um, when I took one out of the package and put my batteries in it, it was already like programmed for the time date. Um, which for me, I like to not have to do that on any device, not not just a game camera but that was a pretty dang cool feature that they've you know set those up and set the time and date ahead of time on them that's pretty cool um, but this is a great time of year to get good pictures of animals um, soybeans are a great place right now uh, green plots um, really good places to have cameras set up otherwise you know this is also a really good time when it's really hot like this great time for uh, mineral sites i'm kind of a i've been using trophy rocks for a long time they're easy and it's nice to be able to just go pick one up and throw one out and each season they're pretty price is right um, they're not a sponsor and i can tell you that I, I've probably been a good customer to, to a Shields store here locally buying trophy rocks, but I've had really good luck with them. Um, if you're in a state like here in Iowa, you're not you're not allowed to have any type of mineral or attracting out um, once season starts. So, you know, for like a mineral block like that, um, a really good thing that you can do is just get in the habit of like setting it on an old stump or um, you know, cut an old stump and set it on there works really well. And that way you don't have to worry about getting yourself in trouble by having a, a huge mineral lick dug into the ground. So, uh, that's pretty much what I do this time of year. Cameras, uh, close to the edges of bean fields and, you know, or any type of major trails that you see get us get a stump or throw a trophy rock out it's a great way to get a, get deer to stop and the bucks will definitely use those mineral sites right now and you'll start getting some good pictures um, another thing that i started doing this year i actually a couple guys from hoyt had told told me about the new this new electronic bike that was out um, well, it's an e-bike. It's from Felt. The name of it's a Felt Outfitter. Any of you who are following me have probably seen me. I've, I've put about, mm, since I got mine, I would say my goal is 1,000 miles by deer season. That's my goal. Um, or I should say by rut because 
on some of the areas that I hunt, you know, you can't use an ATV, and especially some of the places that I go out west, you can't use an ATV. And this is a super good option. Um, you know, I've done a lot of hunting off dirt bikes, but you know, you're there's fewer and fewer trails that are allowing dirt bikes now, and also, um, you know, if you're on a dirt bike out out in you know the western part out in the plains or something there's obviously fences it gets kind of hard to cross fences and stuff if you're hunting off a dirt bike um plus they're loud but you know i'm i'm gonna i've got an antelope hunt and an elk hunt that i'll actually be taking this bike to it's it's really unbelievable it's hard to explain how awesome it is um you know they're not cheap i can say that you know it seems like anytime i've posted a picture of a product that i like you know someone's going to make the comment you know it's too much money or that that's expensive and some of the things i buy are expensive i mean i honestly people uh i don't really do much other than this so uh my probably my worst habit for expense is going out and eating a good meal uh, more than occasionally with my family. So uh, really I try to save everything I have to get new toys that have to do with hunting. So um, I got this e-bike. It is super, super awesome. It's got four, so it has a battery on it. And I'm probably not doing a great job explaining this. I should actually try to see if I can get someone from there on this podcast just for this bike because it is super cool. And it, it will change hunting in areas where you're not allowed to take in a motorized vehicle or a four-wheeler or side-by-side. Um, it will change the game. They're awesome. It's a fat tire bike. Um, there's actually like a Bosch motor built into the pedal into the crankcase and that motor as soon as you are applying a manual effort um, that motor actually utilizes a small battery and the battery will then activate and start turning or assisting your pedaling so it doesn't really take the pedals away from you but you have four different options for how much it will assist you there's like an eco mode, a tour mode, a sport mode, and then a turbo. I know that the turbo mode, um, I think, is about 423% more than what you're giving. So, like here in my driveway, it's an incline. I can put the bike in a very kind of a, I don't know if it would be considered a low gear or high gear, but where it's easy to pedal. Um, which is normally what you need to go up a hill. I can put it in that in into that gear and then have it on the turbo setting on the electronic assist. And if you're just barely moving your feet, even just like doing probably about as much effort as if you were to do a bicycling motion in the air, it will literally take off and that bike will get up to 17 miles an hour before the electronic assist will turn off so you can go up to 17 mile an hour by literally just moving your legs in a circle so this is going to be unbelievable to for whitetail hunting here in the midwest 
Um, there's areas where, you know, I certainly can't take a four-wheeler or motorized vehicle in. There's there's certain trails that I have that are kind of just little walking trails that I had cut. Um, or here in some of my CRP grasses, I'm not allowed to take dual tire tracks through there. So this bike, I can literally put it in a super easy gear. I'll be able to fully dress at my vehicle or wherever I have my bike, I can fully dress with like my clothing and you know my insulation, my base layers, my outerwear, everything, and I can literally just almost have less effort than if I was walking at a slow pace, and it'll drive at a speed you know up to 17 miles an hour, and I can get right to my stand. You're not putting any scent down by walking, so there's no foot traffic scent, you know, scent trail. Um, and it's nice to be able to get right to your tree without having to worry about dressing with your layers once you're there, you know, once it gets cold and you're having to wear a lot of layers. So this is a total game changer. And again, it's a, a felt outfitter. Uh, super cool. I need to do a video on this bike too. I really, really like mine. It's, um, and again, I, I didn't really mean for it to. I kind of jotted a list down here of all the different things that I've been doing over the past month and a half and cool things. You know, part of the podcast are product reviews or my, you know, I guess my opinions on different things that are out. And these, these are all things that I'm kind of excited about. So I know that I talked about, I did a lot of name dropping here over the last 30 minutes. Um, so I wasn't doing that for the intention of just trying to be a car salesman. These are all things that I think uh, for any of you techie gurus out there who are really, who really like to mess around with stuff, uh, this could be some cool products to check out. Um, and again, that that uh, I'm actually mentioning it because I have one sitting here right in front of me. But the the Knockdown Pro Rest uh, for any of you who like green, for any of you who have green accents on your bow, the Knockdown is pretty much the only trophy taker uh, limb driven rest that you can get in a green color. So um, it's anodized green. So for any of you people out there who want to match up with green right now. Uh, you're going to have to go to the knockonarchery.com website for that. Um, so I've also got here a few, I've got took a few questions. I answered, I think, just under 400 private messages yesterday. Um, not having podcasts and having questions and answers or questions that weren't answered, it's really started weighing on my mind keeping me up I was I could only sleep for about an hour and a half yesterday and I was wide awake at midnight thinking about that I needed to answer all these questions so I just dove into it and did about 400 yesterday um, and I copied a few of them that I wanted to just answer here on the show today um, so I'm I'm gonna do that uh so the first question here is actually from, and I didn't ask these people if, if I could use their question, so hopefully they're not mad, but I got a Jonathan Ingram asks or says, 
Hello again. Uh, I've been trying to do some research into fletching selection without much success. I know the general rule of big veins for indoor shooting and smaller veins for long range shooting, uh, but there's so many sizes and shapes and I can't understand um, the use of it. Do you have any insight into this or know any online material de dealing with it? Um, so yeah this is i guess when it comes to fletchings man the if you have a a pen and a paper you can just come up with a new shape or design a vein and someone will probably make it um i can tell you that i've really kind of stuck with some real basic basic principles um some of the funnier shaped veins i've stayed away from um, I've tried them, but you know, if you look, and even if it's not an AAE vein, but if you look at the veins that I have on like the Knock On Archery website, um, those are the basic bread and butter veins that I utilize for archery one of them is going to be a 2.0 low profile shield cut vein which is awesome for any really small diameter shaft anything for uh, 3d field target archery uh, then i've got uh, a two inch high profile vein a max hunter which a lot of people that like um, a short high profile vein or a blazer vein um, that is the vein to use it's a great a great little vein for people who want a shorter vein but also want to be able to to have the ability to steer a fixed blade broadhead that's pretty much going to be the minimum um, from there you know you can do like right now I'm doing like a four fletch um, on, on a smaller vein just so that I can have the extra steering otherwise probably the the best go-to vein that I have for general hunting overall hunting is going to be that 260 elite vein which is just under a 3 inch vein low profile um, that is a great vein for the average guy that's in a 3D league or an indoor league or a hunter. If you kind of do all that stuff, if you take your hunting bow and you go shoot 3Ds and you shoot a field course every now and then or once a year, or if you shoot an indoor league um, and you use your hunting arrows, then that 260 vein is just like perfect. Now for indoor or people that are trying to shoot um, a bigger fixed blade head that you're having a little bit of difficulty steering for anything for indoor archery where you're shooting a big arrow you're wanting it to stabilize really fast uh, you're shooting a target bow slower speed uh, but again you're shooting a big diameter shaft probably something that's a little bit too stiff for the poundage that you're actually shooting for indoors in that case a four inch vein or a four inch feather stick with general shapes uh, don't get too crazy on the shapes I like to to uh, fletch the 
when I put my fletching in the jig, I like my fletching to be about an inch and a quarter from the knock to the back of the vein. Uh, one and a quarter is where I have them all set. You put them there, put about a one to a one and a half degree offset on there, and you're golden. That's pretty much the go-to bread and butter setups for me. I think if you stick with that, you're going to be really, really happy uh, with the outcome. Uh, next one I've got here is from Chance Tidekey. I'm going to guess that's how I pr pronounce the last name. But uh, he, say, he says, hey, John, how's it going? I just got some lighted knock and watched your video on how to take the old knocks out and replace, put the new, the lighted knocks in. Uh would it be smart to take them back out and glue them in because my buddy had done what you showed on the video but some of them um, started to get loose and come out um, and his arrow his arrows were changing direction when they came out should I glue them in if so is there a certain kind of glue to use okay so um, for lighted knocks depending on the type of um, either the back of the arrow shaft or the, your bushing that you use sometimes those have a, a variance um, knocks are always coming out of a mold so they're not going to have near as much variance as something that's either sanded or machined which is either going to be the you know your carbon shaft or your bushing so the knock is going to be consistent now, if you go to put one in and it's really tight, then the best thing that you can do, and this goes not just for lighted knock, anytime you replace a knock, the best thing to do so that you don't stretch out the back of your arrow shaft um, or your bushing is to take a little bit of string wax. Um, if you have just a wax tube, string wax tube, just put a little bit of wax on the very end of your knock and put it in the shaft and it'll go in super easy and you won't have to worry about damaging anything now for the lighted knocks um, this is going to be really important too because a lot of them a lot of them aren't perfect for a lot of different sizes they kind of have a general mold it's not directly from the factory so I think there's a little bit of crossover the nocturnals have among the best tolerances that I've found so um, that's why I'm a big supporter of that nocturnal knock. Uh, plus, I really like how you can turn it on and off with the linear switch. Really easy to shut it off. But put a little bit of wax and put it in there. Now, if you have a knock or an arrow or a bushing that is loose and you're having troubles, the best thing that you can do um, or to try first is to take some dental floss um, cut you you know about an inch of dental floss wrap it around the very end of the knock and push it directly into uh, the back of the bushing now that the very flat uh, dental floss the flat stuff that works awesome um, because it's such a small tolerance back there and then if you you know if you have a some excess dental floss like hanging out the back of your bushing you can just cut it off with a little knife or a razor blade and then it's in there super tight um, so again you just like you know if you can imagine your finger being a an arrow knock 
Um, you're just going to lay that wax over the very tip of your finger so that when you push it in there, um, there's pretty much, or I'm sorry, the floss. When you push it in there, there'll be floss down both sides of your finger as it goes in, and that acts almost as a shim. Works really, really awesome. If you glue your knock in there, um, if you ever hit the back of it or hit knock bottom or something, you're going to struggle to get that out of there. And what I can tell you is most of the super glues will cause certain types of plastic to crack and break down. So you can actually do yourself some harm by using super glue on your knock. So if anything, you might want to use a very slow cure glue and just barely any of it if you have to, but definitely try the dental floss first. I think you're going to be uh, a lot happier. Um, let's see. The next one that I've got here, I don't have a name on it, but um, the guy says, um, John, I'm focusing way too much on aiming and I feel like I'm maybe forgetting to concentrate on my shot execute, execution. Um, I think this might be a foreign person because he says, I think I am concentrate on aiming so much that I tense up um, and can't really move at all. Does this make sense? Um, so yeah, if you're the type of person who just focuses on aiming, then what happens is when, when you're telling yourself be still, be solid, then you tense up and you lock up. As soon as you tell yourself to hold, to hold or aim, uh, that immediately translates into get tense. I mean, that that is what happens. You're telling yourself to get solid, to get tense. So the best thing that you can do is you have to be able to focus on exactly where you want to hit let your conscious mind focus on where you want to hit and your shot execution and pulling through the shot let your subconscious do its best to like let your pin float around what you're looking at let the subconscious bring it back to center but just focus on the target you know when i'm shooting i focus a hundred percent on the spot that i want to hit and pulling through my shot and then I let my subconscious do the best it can to try to center that pin and keep that pin there that keeps a lot less tension in your body um, it allows you to float aim but it also allows you to execute which in my opinion is the key to archery is proper execution now the next question I have here, um, let's see, it says, I'm coming into my first bow season up here in Alberta. I have a few questions. First one is, do you have any suggestions for strings that are good quality and won't break the bank? Um, and my second question is, would you guys be able to give me some advice or any tips and tricks on how to make sighting in my sight quicker and easier um, I know that you can't really rush through it but I'm really limited on time with my work so any help would be awesome um, okay so on your first question you know the one thing that I do on every bow I mentioned this earlier is I like to put on a set of custom strings and cables 
Um, I've used winner's choice for a long, long time, and I just feel like, for me, it's a great product. The products that come on a lot of the bows out of the factory um, are also very good, and they've gotten a lot, a lot better over the years. Um, however, I do like to be able to pick my own colors, and I also really think it's important for you to have a set of spares with you if you're doing any type of traveling for hunts. So normally what I do is I'll get my, my bow with the factory set of strings and cables on there. I'll go ahead and put a knocking point and a D loop and tie my uh, two places for my peep sight. I'll put those on the factory string just so that it's already built and has one. I'll just set everything like, you know, I'll set the knock and loop right at 90 degrees, tie those on there, and then I take those off. I replace the strings and cables with the custom set, and I'll take that factory set and I'll slide them in the winner's choice package, and then I put those right into my travel case. So if I'm ever on a hunt, I have a set of strings and cables in there that are pretty much tied up and totally ready to go for backup in case I have any type of emergency. Um, from there, I can tell you, when it comes to strings and cables, you really, really get what you pay for. And man, I would, I always would hate seeing, you know, when I was over in Europe working with archers, a lot of people wouldn't want to either wait the time or pay the money to get a really good set of professional uh, strings and cables. So they would just kind of get some from a local builder or something like that. And they would pay a lot less money. And although some of them cosmetically looked cool, um, it the difference is always in the details. The machines that build them are critical. Most people, I can guarantee, you do not have a machine that can do it to where there's equal balance on all the individual strands as it's wrapped, and then also being able to to have it twisted properly, have the right tension on it while it's being served, which really helps guarantee you to have a string that once you shoot it a few times it's settled in you don't have to worry about having the settling process so you get what you pay for man i can promise you that i wouldn't i wouldn't make a shortcut there the next thing is in regards to sighting in there's no easy shortcut you know if you're shooting about the same speed all the time it might be easy for you to take a sight off your old bow put it on there you can adjust the whole housing up or down or left or right to get your 20 dialed in and then your other pin should be relatively close but you know honestly don't ever rush the sighting in portion you know yesterday i spent a ton of time getting sight marks then going back up to the start and going all the way back to the very last sight mark i went up and down and up and down and up and down you know for like i said probably an hour and a half yesterday just guaranteeing my marks because and then when i go to a hunt the first thing that i do is check every single pin when i'm at a hunt i don't just get out and shoot a couple arrows at 20 yards you know being sighted in properly that is a code of ethics to me i think that's a responsibility 
for any hunter, we owe it to our we owe it to the game that we're going after and we owe it to ourselves as a hunting community to have ethics in our archery and taking a hundred percent of the time needed to sight in is going to be one of those things so for that particular deal i'm going to say don't cut any corners checking or getting your bow sighted in put in your time do it right and overall we're going to be a lot better as a hunting community so i want to sign off tell everyone Thank you very much, and uh, until next time, knock on. Be sure to visit knockonarchery.com to see our entire line of trendy knock-on lifestyle clothing. Knockonarchery.com.